This episode of Heavy Cardboard is brought to you by BoardGameTables.com. Without question, Chad and his folks go the extra mile to ensure that not only are you getting an amazing quality board game table, but that the entire process is as smooth as a warm knife through butter. Oh, yeah. So if you're interested, considering, or in the market for a new centerpiece for your game room, head on over to BoardGameTables.com and customize your dream table. Oh, and mention Heavy Cardboard when you do. Heavy Cardboard, Episode 76, Heavy Con Recap. Coming to you from the Heavy Con Recovery Ward at HCHQ in Denver, Colorado. Welcome to Heavy Cardboard, where we talk medium and heavy strategy board games, war games, 18xx. In this episode, it's all about Heavy Con. We're your hosts. I'm Edward. And I'm Amanda. Wow. Yeah, I think that that oh, thanks for listening. Yeah, we're done. Out. It was <laughs> HeavyCon was awesome. I, it was exhausting, it was awesome, it was amazing. It was all the adjectives, yes, right? All of them. Funny enough, I find myself busier now though that I've quit my avionics job and I'm just producing content during the day. Not to mention, though, and you can attest to this, I feel like I'm a little bit happier. A, a little bit? <laughs> um, I'll take massive understatement for 100, Alex. Yeah, so we've been busting out a lot of content lately, yeah? Mm-hmm. I mean, we had 90-minute interview with Vital Lacerda, two-player live stream, including teaching of PAX Renaissance, hour and 45-minute interview and discussion with Nuno and Paulo, Ask the Elephant segment, we did the Aegis Steam HeavyCon XL map mm-hmm. to break in the brand new table, which we'll talk about that more next episode. Four-player Indonesia just earlier today, which was our most requested playthrough. By far, yeah. I think I think it went really well, too. Yeah, I do, too. And I then, mean, I lost massively, but that's fine. But you made it look good. You brought a little class and culture well, there's that, to the I stream. And, I mean, you were competitive. You yep. just... Didn't do so hot right. that game. It happens. Yep. And then when you guys are listening to this on Monday, tonight we're going to be doing the Kanban live stream mm-hmm. and production copy of Lisboa. Originally timed, you know, for folks that get theirs at Origins, but I hear there's been a production delay until August. Oops. So it'll be there for when you guys get your copies. However, they are apparently going to have some copies for sale at Origins, which we're going to. So you can always pick up a copy there, maybe. Sure. But anyway, moral of the story, I guess, is been pounding out a lot of content. Mm-hmm. And it seems people are really digging it. Yeah, it's nice. And I'm having fun with it. Uh, I also did a couple of impromptu kind of live streams with uh, the 2017 Winsome mm-hmm. set. Showed that off. And you also did an unboxing of said Lisboa. Oh, yeah. And a 45-minute unboxing video. But it, it actually pretty in-depth. Well, there's uh, a lot of stuff, stuff in that box. There is. Plus the way the player boards are constructed yeah. was really, really nice. So yeah. more on that next episode when we review it, though. So speaking of Origins, it's right around the corner. It's in three days. I know. Well, four from when we're recording it, three from when you hear it. It's just like, 
I don't understand. Like, we just had HeavyCon, and now we're going to Origins? Yeah, I know. Crazy. But a uh, good problem to have. Not complaining, mind you. I'm excited about it. It's our first time going to Origins. Yeah. So our home base is going to be at the Capstone Games booth, which is booth 439, right near the center of the room. We're going to be there a couple hours every day, so definitely be sure to stop by and say hi if yeah. you're at Origins. We're going to spend a lot of time just taking pictures, video, uh, interviewing some folks, but also, you know, playing games. And having fun at a convention. Right. So seriously. And on top of that, uh, we talked to the fellows over at Roxley, and we're going to be bringing both of the Brass, mm -hmm. the, the Roxley Games versions of Brass, both Lancashire and Birmingham. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in checking those out, we'll have those with us. Plus, you know, Capstone's releasing Lignum there. Uh, Eagle Griffin's going to have some, like we mentioned, of Lisboa. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's the annual kickoff to the major convention yep. season. So we're looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. Speaking of which, mm -hmm. big thanks to Joe over on the Deep End podcast because he took it upon himself as a last second little thing uh, to organize a heavy cardboard meetup. We originally weren't going to have one because it's our first year there right. and we don't know the lay of the land and everything. But he organized to where we're going to have a kind of an informal little soiree. Oh, my. At Pies and Pints, which is at 1026 North High Street, just about a half mile north of the convention center. It's on the same street as the convention center. Come out of the convention center on High Street, turn north and walk. And, and you're going to run, run into, into us. It. Right. So that's going to be Thursday night at 7 p.m. until the place closes. I think it's supposed to close 10 or 11, something like that. So it's just going to be a place to hang out, uh, you know, shoot the breeze mm -hmm. and just, uh, yeah, hang out with us. And, yeah. and basically game day, but without the games. Right. But with beer and, and pie, pizza apparently. and hopefully really good pizza. Yes. So this this is pizza I'm looking forward to yes. trying. Yes. So we definitely hope you all can make it. Come hang out. Meet your fellow elephants. We're going to have some t-shirts and maybe some other stuff on hand. We'll see. I don't know. We can't promise again. It was last second. Right. Uh, but yeah, come see us. Woo! All the ways to contact us are on our website, heavycardboard.com. We rely on the generous support from our patrons over on patreon.com. If you'd like to join the community, check us out, patreon.com forward slash heavycardboard. Our friends Carmen and Elaine over at Game Surplus just got in some really exciting restocks. Yeah, they did. Three Kingdoms Redux. Ooh. La Havre. Yes. Pericles, the Peloponnesian Wars. Which just came out from GMT. Yeah. And the expansion for Hoshbell Connect and a whole lot more. So, check out those games and hundreds of other titles over at GameSurplus.com, where they're bringing the world of board games to you. And mention Heavy Cardboard when you do. I think really the best way to describe HeavyCon is amazing because it's always, it's so amazing to see all the people. It's amazing to hang out with people and it's, it's just, it's mind blowing. <laughs> For me, I think it's just the gathering of friends. So I find it interesting that here we are talking about a board game convention and your whole little thing right there, at no point did you mention how great the games mm -hmm. are, how much fun playing the games are, or anything like that. No. It's, it's all about the people. Yep. 
That's now, all it is. Don't get me wrong. There's a ton of gaming that takes place. Oh, yeah. You know, the entire it's 16 hours a day for four days. Mm-hmm. But it is, at least for us, yeah. all about the people. It really, really is. So HeavyCon, four days of some of the best people in gaming that I think most folks, at least the folks that listen to the show, could want. Here are some quick numbers. We had 94 attendees, 261 logged games played. Wow. 30 of which were 18xx games. So for those that think this is 18xx the con, so 261 logged, 30 or 18xx games. Mm -hmm. You do the math. PAX Renaissance was the most played game. Well, sort of. Okay. Outside of the Stratomatic Baseball Tournament. Yes. That was the most played game. And that was a lot of fun that Jim from over Mm -hmm. in Punching Cardboard and Scotty put together just kind of an impromptu little Stratomatic Baseball Tournament, which I think Jim will talk about here later on. And yeah, that was a lot of fun. And I'll be honest, they got us hooked on it. Yep, absolutely. And now we have a copy. Yes. Well, actually, Asher does, and he's just letting us borrow it. Right. So thank you, Asher, and Mm -hmm. thank you, Scotty. So there were hundreds of cookies devoured by attendees, (laughs) compliments of Tony K.A. and his mom. So that was really cool. She is a professional baker, because if she was a banker and just made a lot of cookies. Yeah, I was about to say, it's like Banker Dave make good cookies too. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, (laughs) his mom is a really, really good professional baker. Mm -hmm. And so she went above and beyond. She even. She knew that Brandon was coming, and he knew that Brandon was coming from Brawling Brothers, so they made churro cookies. Yes. As, like, one of, like, eight different types. It was amazing. That was fantastic. Mm -hmm. There were a handful of prototypes there. Jason Dinger's Captains of the Gulf, which has already been signed and is going to be published by Spielworks in 2018. Jim Keenan of Punching Cardboard Mm -hmm. fame. He brought his call to post, which I now have a copy of, which I'm going to actually uh, have with me at Origins. Yes. Ryan Courtney's pipeline was there. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it due to scheduling issues, but he made sure. He had a proxy. Yeah, he had a proxy and his (laughs) game made it. So that was awesome to see. And the board game group fellas, our good friends, Mo, Brian, and Lyndon brought what's tentatively called The Cost. It's a game about asbestos mining, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. We had Aegis Theme XL and 1861 XL, Mm -hmm. which if you watch the live stream of the heavy cardboard map, you get an idea of just the stupid scope of that. It's ridiculous. They made uh, quite a few of the XL maps, so yeah. So... I played the Netherlands map. Oh, right. you played that as that well, didn't correct. you? That is correct. And then I also played um, the AO, the Age of Steam one of ours. So the heavy, the heavy, ca- cardboard. heavy cardboard XL map. So we played the Netherlands map together, mm-hmm. yeah? And there were a total of seven of us, including the Chads yes. and Yeroon. The so, Chads and the Yeroon. Yeah, right. I guess that is the Yeroon, uh-huh. right? From Splatter, who made the long flight, as well as a number of other folks that came in from, let's see, we had Austrians in the house. We had Holland. We had uh, Canada yeah. well represented. Uh, I'm forgetting. Oh, we had the UK with Kat mm-hmm. and all over the country yeah. as well. It was awesome. It was a really, really good time. On top of all that, we got to break the big news about the second edition of Wildcatters, which I've had to sit on since before Essen of last year, Uh but I'm finally glad we could let that cat out of the bag. (laughs) So that and the Climbers, both coming out later this year. And of course, can't have the Climbers? Without no, I haven't. Right. 
And Neue Heimat's going to be sometime mid next year. That's really, really exciting. Yes, it is. I am super stoked yeah, about that. Yeah, me too. We unveiled the 2016 Golden Elephant Award and... And for the first time, we had the Heavy Cardboard Golden Elephant Award voted on by the people. Yeah, the People's Choice, which consisted of our Patreon supporters as well as HeavyCon attendees. Mm -hmm. So we had about 300 Mm -hmm. uh, people being able to vote on that. And congratulations, obviously, to 1822, the Railways of Great Britain for the Golden Elephant Award and Simon Cutforth. And we had Scott Peterson from All Aboard Mm -hmm. Games there. So he accepted it on Simon's behalf temporarily. Yes. Simon doesn't get it until he actually comes and gets it. Whether it's at (laughs) Essen, the UK Game Expo, or HeavyCon, he's got to come and get it to get it. Right. We're not mailing that thing. No. And I'm not going to allow anyone else to hand it over. Mm -mm. I mean, it's hey, it's our award, right? Exactly. And on top of that, as you mentioned, the People's Choice Golden Elephant Award went to Tramways and Albin Viard, which was really exciting. Two votes. A two-vote difference crazy. from 300 people. A two-vote difference between that and the colonists. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty close year for those two. Yeah, that a was awesome. Bit. Speaking of Albin Viard. Yes. Albin designed a Denver map for tramways, an expansion map for tramways that was in the swag bags. Right. For HeavyCon. Right. So, I mean... That was that was a little surreal. Yeah. And he's the one who messaged me mm-hmm. about it. It he was his was like, idea. Hey, I would like to support the con. Can I do this? Um, yes, Alvin. Yes, 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 you can. Yes, you can. So normally it's pretty cool to see like your your city on a map or a board in a game you're playing or a game you see playing and you're like, ooh, I want that. That's right? cool, right? Our house is on this. It's a little different, yeah. That's it's, surreal. Uh, yeah. It, it really is the the most appropriate word i feel like for yeah that was just really really cool yeah yeah i mean matt even made his route to work in one of the plays yes, of did. it which again that's just weird yeah but really cool so thank you albin every attendee got a game or multiple games thanks to the amazing support that we had from publishers designers and accessory companies so you guys are gonna have to forgive us and indulge us but here's the list y'all ready let's go so first off, a massive thank you to Clay over at Capstone mm-hmm. Games because he not only supported the con, but he actually sponsored the con. Yeah. And that made a lot of the swag that we were uh, that we were able to provide that much better. So really big thanks to Capstone Games. Thank you very, very much, Clay. All right. So now in alphabetical order, let's go to the rest. So we got Academy Games, Ape Games, AV Studio Games. Which is Albin. Right. Board and Dice. The Board Game Group, The Broken Token, Cephalo Fair, CGE, Columbia Games, Devere, Ego Griffin Games, Fowers Games, Game Surplus, of course, GMT, of course, mm-hmm. The Haunted Games Cafe, which is a localish, uh, local uh, board game friendly local board game store yes. here in Fort Collins, just about an hour north of us. That's where we go and celebrate and try and raise money for Extra Life exactly. every year. Holland Spiel, Nightworks, Level 99 Games, Lani Orgler of Lani Games, Luda Creations, Mayday Games, Meeple Realty, Meeple Source, Mercury Games, Meridiano 6, Mind Clash, Passport Game Studio, Phalanx Games, Renegade Games, R&R, 
Roxley. Spiel Pro, Spielworks, Splatter Spellin, Stronghold Games, Surprise Stare, Talon Strike Studio, Tasty Minstrel Games, Terra Nova Games, Ultra Pro, Victory Point Games, What's Your Game, and Wormwood Gaming. Woo! So, yeah, that was a incredible outpouring of support mm-hmm. for our little convention. So we really, really appreciate everybody that went the extra mile. Yeah. We definitely recommend supporting all of them. Uh, they help support us. We support them. Everyone drives home in a Cadillac, right? Yes, or a Honda. Or, or, or a Honda. So with that said, we actually reached out to a bunch of folks and we did a handful of interviews mm-hmm. while we were there at HeavyCon. So here in the next, I don't know, hour or so, you're going to be hearing from a bunch of folks, whether it's different podcasters or Jason Dinger, Jeroen Dowman, or Scott Peterson from All Aboard Games. So enjoy the interviews and enjoy the, uh, the segments that everybody recorded. All right, I'm back. Uh, day four, HeavyCon 2017. Happy to be joined by the publisher, the man behind All Aboard Games, Scott Peterson. So, Scott, thanks for uh, joining me. Okay, you're welcome. Glad glad to finally get a chance to meet you at HeavyCon. Um, and, uh, yeah, just can't wait to keep talking about the games. Yeah, this is very cool. I'm excited about it because there's not a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff when it comes, especially to this aspect of the hobby with the the train games, the 18xx side of things. Um, So let's start off with real simple. What got you into the hobby? Not train games specifically, just in the the hobby in general. Yeah, so I guess about 10 years ago, my brother, I think, was uh, just... He had played Settlers of Catan, and he was telling me about it, and basically between finding the online or the, I guess it was like a um, application of, of it and like testing that out and then going to local game group. I just like, you know, hit the ground running and I remember maybe like I found out about it on a Sunday and watch a Board Games with Scott video about Power sure. Grid on Monday and then went to the game group on Tuesday and we played Power Grid and then it's like off the races after that. Mm-hmm. And then of course, Power Grid to all the Euro games to Age of Steam and Winsome and 18xx and I w- I would say the transition between the the uh, game the computer game Sellers of Catan to um, 18xx was like uh, six months or something like that. Oh <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, that's a massively fast uh, evolution. Yeah. So and then it's just kind of and then and then it's just the spectrum has shifted more to 18xx you know after that. So, so what's the appeal for you for 18xx games? Yeah, for me, you know, it's it's kind of like a repetitive system where I don't need to learn lots of new rules, and every game tells a story. Like, you, you start with a blank board, and it, by the end of the game, you have this map that everyone has worked to construct the map in an interesting way, and there's, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not boring how the game is constructed. Every tile lay is like a little mini war about who's going to get to what city first, and by the end of it, you have a map that tells the whole story of, wh- of what happened in the game. Very cool. Uh, so how did All Aboard Games come about? So you go from, oh, wow, Settlers of Catan to 18xx like that. Yeah, yeah. And then now All Aboard Games has come about. So tell us about that. Yeah, I think the main thing was that I like to print and play games. And at that time, there weren't a lot of 18xx games. Um, at that time, you could just buy the Deep Thought games and get them pretty quickly. <laughs> but that, that time has since gone. Well, and, and has returned now. Yes, it has. It has. <laughs> 
Um, but at that time, the Mark Derrick one state games, I, I would say were pretty popular. And those were like go-to recommendations for people who wanted to learn 18XX. So uh, 18GA, 18AL. And, and then there would be people who would say, eh, don't, you maybe don't want to start with those. But there were a lot of people that were recommending starting with those kind of as a, a simple game to get into it. So print, printing and playing those games and um, the, the files that were online were actually really basic components. And I, you know, I like doing graphic design stuff. And my wife kind of helps with graphic design stuff too when, um, when I need that extra, you know, extra polish. And um, basically, I saw these basic games and was like, well, I could make them into something that would be a little, you know, a little more polished and a little more commercially viable. But um, hey, if I do that on my own, I'm just making one copy or maybe making one for a friend. And eh, it's maybe not really worth it. So I remember like one of the first things I did was make um, new tokens for 1860. Um, so people. I can't remember the exact problem. Maybe they were misaligned or something like that. But um, people were kind of interested in that. And I sold, I don't know, maybe 10 of them. Just you know, just a sheet of token labels for okay. people to sticker 1860. And I was like, you know, like the next step on and um, um, was was uh, I contacted Ian Wilson. And he said I could reprint 1861. That was out of print. That one got, um, you know, the two printings, the manufactured printings, and then was out of print. and was, you know, of course, all these games sell for a million dollars once they're sure. out of print. So find a way to get these games back into print. And so, like, what I've done is kind of a combination of reprints and original games. So it's, it's maybe about half and half. So how long ago did all the board games start up? I think it was about 2011. Okay. And so the, and the way it started was I was uh, basically manufacturing games for Deep Thought Games. And... Um, at that time, it was more like what uh, what Jeff from Golden Spike Games was doing, and just fulfilling orders off the backlog. And basically, once uh, so, I, I did that to a, a small extent. But then, or maybe about a year later, or some, somewhere in that time frame, I also started 1861, and then kind of got rolling and, and with that, and then just didn't have time to fulfill off the backlog. Um, but now I'm, you know, I have more time, and there was a demand for like getting the orders right away. So, and basically the the costs for those games are kind of fixed back from 2006. They didn't really escalate with the cost of materials. Right. What's on the website? So the prices that are are with the basically you pay a 20% premium to buy the Deep Thought games now. But basically, in my opinion, those those prices have actually scaled with the cost of materials, whereas the, um, I, I would say that the costs on the Deep Thought website are, are a little bit artificially low right now. So I, I, I know that not many orders are getting fulfilled off the, off, you know, off the queue, so I don't have a lot of uh, insight into that, but. Um, How did that partnership come about, if you could talk a little bit about that with uh, you and John Tamplin from Deep Thought? Yeah, basically, I just, um, you know, like I said, I like to do print and play, and I, I remember I, you know, was printing things off my inkjet printer, or maybe you know, printing a few a few files where I could off a laser printer, and I wanted to get some better equipment, and okay. so like basically one thing was like, well, if I want to get better equipment, let's find a way to make a little profit off of it, and the the deep thought um, partnership there was kind of a natural thing. John had already set it up with Jeff from Golden Spike Games, and he basically just 
gave me the same contract and changed the name, and <laughs> um, then we were both doing that, you know, that same kind of fulfillment. Okay. And, you know, until basically all of our games got kind of going, um, you know, more consistently. So where, where basically that was taking up all my time, and and you know, those I was charging the, you know, what I would say like kind of the the mar more of the market rate, like what's what's charged now. Although I haven't raised my prices at all since I started, so it's it's kind of. Maybe maybe I should someday, but for now for now they're gonna stay put. So. Okay, um, so you talked about how you started out with uh, Deep Thought Games, and then you got eighteen sixty one. And how do you go about getting these other games? Like, how do you find out about them? How do you how do you get these relationships? And how do you publish uh, these new games or games that aren't being published other places? Yeah, it's it's there's no consistent way to do it. With 1861, it was kind of like a cold call. Hey, what about this? And <laughs> he said yes, and I was shocked. And it was to me actually it was it was like as as uh, shocking as the event this weekend, <laughs> which <laughs> I don't know how that fits in with um, how your podcast order, but um, basically 1822 winning the Golden the, Elephant the Golden Award Elephant. from 2016. I, basically, I was shocked that he was going to let me reprint this, and to me, it was like a huge responsibility to get it right, and we, you know, we worked back and forth a lot on just, just making sure we got it all right, and, um, you know, that had the advantage of already being out, so we were able to integrate some of those questions that had been answered. Um, then, Heartspawn 1873, that, that was one that I played Went basically when I was first getting into the hobby. I went to Chattanooga, uh, Rail Gaming, and I played. And that's that, Mark Derrick's event, Mark, right, right? Right. And I played that with Mike Monocle from Portland, and basically he had he had kind of seen a German version. And he did his own translation and posted some basic files online, and I played um, I played that and thought it was kind of an interesting thing and should should get that level of polish, you know, like I was mentioning, and I just. You know, I just again kind of asked if if that would be okay. He with with all these kind of things, it's like the designer kind of is interested in taking it as far as they can, and then after that, they're looking for for um, that that someone to do that next level. Okay. Um, because yeah, so there's some people who have a wide variety of skills, and some people are just kind of interested in the design part. Um, so again, it's just kind of like I saw the prototype, thought I could spruce it up, and. The same thing with uh, Rolling Stock, although I didn't, I didn't actually change Rolling Stock much, but I was seeing people were, that one was available for print and play, and I saw people were printing out, I, I would say kind of a little bit crude copies of it, and they were getting it from the online card sellers, and basically they were paying about the same as, as I was charging, but kind of over, overpaying for certain things and not okay. really getting a, you know, a full complete package because they, they were cobbling it together from different places. So... You know, I wanted to offer that. And you, you I saw uh, this weekend that you're coming out with a second edition or yep. a, a uh, updated version of Rolling Stock. Yeah, that's, so it's currently called, and I, I think it's going to be called Rolling Stock Stars. And um, basically it's a little bit more streamlined version of Rolling Stock, which uh, takes some of the bookkeeping out of the game and focuses it rather than offering all the different um, lengths of game, it's just kind of the short game. So it, it's basically maybe an entry point into Rolling Stock, although mo uh, many people would not call it an entry, it, you know, any version of Rolling Stock an entry point. So. Sure. Yeah. So what else, uh, what else is coming? If you have anything that is, you know, maybe not quite ready for publication that you want to talk about? Yeah, the, I guess the main things that are coming uh, would be this Rolling Stock Stars should, should be later this year. 
And uh, Steve Thomas and Chris Lawson designed the one true 1848, if, if you've heard of that. There's many 1848s, but that was the first one. All right. Um, and that, that's, that's a redevelopment of that 1869 Golden Spike game. Golden, it, it was called the Golden Spike, not, not affiliated with Jeff Hoy or the Understood, Golden Spike right. games. So anyway, that's you know a big map, lots of interesting chrome um, on that. And basically that's kind of been in the hopper for a couple of years, but I just haven't been able to get to it. And what, it, what it's gonna come down to is, is rewriting the rules. And that, that is always the hardest part of you know, working with these games is just, um, in, in that case, basically we have, a, we have half the rules done and then the other half need needs to be developed. And, okay. Um, and then I, I should also mention 18 USA, which is an expansion by Sean Fox and his friends for 1817. So I saw that also, so that'd be, that, that's a good match. Um, and then the 18 EU, it, there's a, a variant, a minor power variant. And I haven't actually played it, but I'm gonna play it a bunch over the summer and um, basically spruce it up and, and it would be like a $5 variant. To, oh, nice, for, for EU. okay. I know a lot of people are uh, been talking up 18 <clears throat> excuse me 18 USA for yeah, 18 uh, USA, for yeah. for 1817 a lot of people sound pretty excited about that mm -hmm. and 1817 being the big financial side uh, yeah, 18xx yeah. game. So I'm curious uh, do you have a preference on the type of 18xx game that you enjoy? Yeah, new prototypes, right? I mean that's <laughs> kind of what, kind of what I usually end up playing and like uh, basically once once a game is published I'm, I am not a great player, but in all kind of, um, you know, I'll, I'll play whatever game is on the table. Um, and, but I, I do like the ones that have little tricks and um, not necessarily the strictly run good companies games, but, um, you know, some, something that has just a little bit of extra chrome or interest in it, I, I like. So, like, 18 Ireland, I, I really like because uh, it's, it just seems like it's, it's so flexible in merging the minor companies, and I've, I've seen a lot of people, like I, I know I was really happy to see that there were two games of it to start off that convention here, and then it's been you know, played throughout the weekend too, along with 1822 yep. and 1849. So it's just very rewarding to see the games that I was working on in my basement actually get played, and you know, I might be sitting down at a table and I look all around me and basically it's games that were in my basement at one point. That's, that's gotta feel good, yeah, man. Yeah, that's definitely. gotta be really exciting. So I would be remiss if we did not spend a little bit of time talking about the 2016 Golden Elephant Award winner, uh, which is 1822. Um, so how did that come to be? How did you and Simon Cutforth uh, pair up and, and yeah, how did yeah. that game come to fruition? Yeah, and so I guess so. It's it's maybe a quarter of the games are are kind of that customers are are asking these questions. Hey, what's coming? Hey, have you looked at this? And in this case, Bob Lacoyer, I think was the one. Um, he's um, in Canada, and he had been playing it on Cyberboard with Simon and and Simon's friends. And, and Simon, uh, Cyberboard being an online implementation, yep, right? To yep. be able to play eighteen XX games, right? Right. Yep. You, email files to each other. Sure. And, or, or use Dropbox or whatever. And um, he was kind of just pecking at me like, hey, take a look at this game. This game is awesome. You know, please publish this game. And he was doing his own um, print and play stuff on it and just kind of wanted someone to take it the, the extra level. So um, Simon was all for it and it, it was super easy and it, you know, it was fun working with Simon to get the rules in shape, because you know, basically he, he sent me a Word file that had um, 
you know, basically just had all the rules that he'd been working through, and every time he, he playtested something, he'd just add a rule in, but, you know, it takes the extra level of getting the, the formatting down and, and trying to make sure everything is crystal clear. And sure. you know, basically, I can do that to the extent that, that I can do it by, you know, playtesting with my group, but um, that, that's kind of, that's where I came in, and um, I'm super happy with, basically, once I, basically, like, I will bring games, and my friends, you know, would buy a copy, um, and I go to the game store maybe once every other week or once a month, and when I come, and they play the game, and they play for maybe a month or two at a time, and then they go back to something else, 1856, 1870, um, but with 1822, I'd come and just every week they would have 1822 out. And then I went to Chattanooga and tables full of 1822. And I was thinking, okay, this game is different. And I didn't realize it at the, at the time. I, I had no idea. And I, to be honest, I mean, I know people like the auctions and Eurogame part of it. Yep. I think there's probably people who like how, how you get to build a big map like you do in, the, in those big C2C or, or OE or games. OE, right. Um, so I, I think that's part of it too. Um, so it's, it's kind of like it's, it's got it all. And I know, and like one, one thing that I, I think really helped the game is that Simon offered, you know, many different scenarios. And so he was, he was really excited about in including all those scenarios. And, you know, you could play this one if you've only got, a, a, you know, like a, a weeknight, you know, five hours to play or something like that. And I said, mm, let's just hold off. Let's, let's offer the best version of this game and we can put out the scenarios later and you know, give everybody the, the best way to play this game. And we did, and basically that's what everybody plays. I, I haven't heard of many people playing the shorter scenarios because they, they want that full experience, even if they can't finish it in the, the full, you know, in a weeknight. Right, or you know, leave it on the table to be able to play it a second night and everything. So it came as a surprise to you how big the response has been. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I basically, I'm, I'm terrible at judging these things. So <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm not a good publisher when it comes to that kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, basically like when it comes out, um, I, I have my copies and we, you know, we, we play the copies basically when I bring them and if I can get people to play, we, we play them. Um, but I, you know, I'd like to expand. Play. That's something I, I kind of always wanted to do. But hey, just making the games is like the the fact that I do the whole process soup to nuts really does take a lot of time. And you know, I'm not only the the um, you developer know like developer and, and and printer and retailer and distributor. And it's just like to some extent, you kind of need to be all of that to make such a small run profitable. Sure. Um, but. It does take a lot of time, and, and then, you know, I wish I had more time to spend on that stuff. All right. So, uh, your favorite 18xx game? Either one that you publish, and yeah. one that is not a Scott Peterson All Aboard Games game. Yeah, I, I would say right now it's, it's Ireland, and I'm not, I'm not trying to show for Ireland. No, but no, I, I, I do. I, so it's got I, a huge following here in Denver, so yeah. I, I understand that. Yeah, what I really like about 18xx games especially is that first, Part of the, you know basically first half of the game until you buy the five train or permanent train, um, and Ireland it's just like that that phase of the game just never ends until the end of the game and it, it may you know sometimes you don't even get to the permanent train so um, to me like that's that's the one and then um, but you know it there are some people who do, who just don't like to play it like the, I have one friend who uh, wants to run his own company and so he starts out with a five share company. And if he gets that stolen away because it gets merged into another company, even though it's kind of sometimes it's kind of bad to, to do that, that just 
drives him nuts, he will not play that game. So Very I, much a let me do my own thing right, type right. guy. Gotcha. Yep, yep. Um, and then 18-17 would be the game that I would just love to play more and more of. But again, it just kind of comes down to time and, and the people who are there to play it. So um, right now, I just haven't had enough time to play that game. But like that, that has always been my favorite game since, since it came out, since I was playtesting it. Um, we, I even playtested it with my friends without shorts, just because some of them didn't like the shorting aspect. Although I know that is the core of the game. Sure. Just that, you know, having that fear of being shorted. Right. Um, so it's, it's still, it still can be played without shorts, but I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. But hey, if you can't get anybody else to play it, so I Getting it yeah. to the table however you need to, right? Yep, yep. Cool. All right, well, I appreciate you taking the time, and congratulations again on the uh, Golden Elephant Award win. And uh, yeah, looking forward to, to seeing what comes uh, in, down the road here soon. Okay, thanks much. All right, thanks. Good morning, y'all. It's Edward. Uh, day four of HeavyCon, the final day on Sunday. It's uh, early in the morning, so bear with uh, both of us sounding like frogs, but I'm happy to be joined by a good friend of mine, as well as uh, up-and-coming designer, uh, Jason Dinger. So, Jason, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, so, yeah, Jason got his first design signed with Uli from Spielworks, uh, Captains of the Gulf. So before we get into captains, since you're new to this game, why don't you tell folks a little bit about yourself? I'm from a small town in Louisiana called Morgan City, and uh, where shrimp boat fishing is uh, our livelihood. And uh, my wife and I, on a bad week, play about 8 to 12 hours of heavy games. And uh, heavy cardboard has been a big inspiration and, uh, in both our gaming and my design uh, life. That's flattering. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> Um, so what got you? What got you into board games? What got you into de de to designing in general? Uh, our youngest child is 22, and we realized a couple years ago that Friday nights meant the TV was playing a rerun we had already seen three times. She's sitting three feet away from me on the couch. We're playing on our phones and not really hanging out. Right. And uh, I saw an artist that I followed say that he was doing artwork for a new board game. Board game? New board? What is that? You know, there's no new board games. New version of Monopoly. I looked into it and discovered this amazing world of, uh, of board games. And we started, of course, like everyone, Ticket to Ride, Carcassonne. Sure, Zero, right. And uh, got into uh, Dominant Species. Not, <laughs> that sounds a lot like me. Did not understand one aspect. It was a little, a little lost on dominance versus dominating. And searched YouTube and found this video, uh, an older video, with a guy named Edward Euler. <laughs> and uh, production not quite as good as it is now. No. And, uh, <laughs> And he explained the game really well. And I said, Man, this guy is a really good teacher. I, I want to see what else I can learn from him because I'm enjoying these heavy games now. And wow, heavy cardboard. Let's listen to that. Oh, an, an entire world opened up. And our collection now is about 150 to 170 games. And every one of them we learned about, we discovered through heavy cardboard and punching cardboard, which we discovered punching cardboard from heavy cardboard. That's, that's cool, man. I'm sure Jim will be happy to hear that. Yeah. So what got you into designing, though? I mean, because not everybody comes into the hobby, gets into it, plays games, and all of a sudden, hey, I want to design something. I never had any intention to be a designer. I had friends. I, uh, I, I wear two hats where I work, uh, small municipality, and both jobs are very math heavy, and people would say, you, you play a lot of these games, you know, you do a lot of work. Have you ever thought about designing them? No, I can't do that, man. That's, that's not, 
I don't have that in me. You, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't have that level of creativity. And I'm, those guys are, you know, the things that they do, I, I just don't have the confidence to think I can do that. And uh, February 16, 2016, Valentine's Day, our kids were going doing things. And uh, we cooked a meal, we ate, we cleaned the kitchen, we sat down, we played Agricola, La Havre, one or two other games, we went to bed. Midnight, I woke up from a very vivid dream of us playing this board game, running shrimp boats in our hometown. And I saw it. I saw the multi-use cars, I saw the golf, I saw everything. And furiously texted all the ideas to myself before I'd forget. Went back to bed, woke up the next morning, made a really crude prototype, played it a week later, it was very broken. The math was way off, but it felt like there was something there. It was kind of fun and I asked my wife, I said, you think we should do this? She said, I think, it's, I think there's something there. And from the get-go, the, the mindset, the goal, the the drive was to get this out of my head because it was it was just obsessive. It was, it was I couldn't it was all I could think about. And then secondly, to have something she and I could enjoy. And as I designed the game, that's all I was trying to do was build what we like to play. The, right. the Spielworks, the What's Your Game game. That's our favorite companies. And I was just trying to build a game that that f made us feel the way we feel when we play those games. All right. So you want to talk about Captains of the Gulf then? The short explanation of Captains of the Gulf is it's a Rondell action selection, multi-use card, engine building, economic game with pickup and deliver, a dual layered area majority with a race aspect on a track. There's more to it, but that's the short answer. <laughs> and it's all about? It's all uh, about running shrimp boats in the Gulf of Mexico, which my grandfather did. Um, and um, I worked not running a shrimp boat but building them at one point in my life with my father-in-law welding the hulls of 55-foot-long steel hull uh, shrimp boats. So how did, how, did, uh, how did development of, okay, so you got this game that you wrote down, you said it's broken, this and that. What was that process from there to, hey, I got this signed? <laughs> um, it was literally a dream come true and figuratively because um, talking to other designers, this isn't normally the way things happen and it's still very surreal for me. Um, the game was initially just a card game, an economic card game with money. You played a card to take this action. The, the actions were still there, but it did not have a large board. It, it uh, did, had a very small little area. There was no area majority, there were no tracks. Uh, the multi-use cards were always there, the engine building was always there. And uh, my design motto is fail faster. I wanna know what's broken so I can fix it. Your, your designs are, you know, they're special to you, but I also see it as I started with this block of clay and I'm slowly taking pieces off and adding pieces to it. And uh, that's fascinating to me. When, when I play, uh, we've got over 130 play tests now uh, from two to four players. And when we play, if I can find something that's maybe not even broken, but just not as good as it could be, that excites me. Uh, I can see where I can get better. I don't, I don't get down when something's bad. I know where I can improve now. And, and, and uh, that excites me. So the, the game, I'm not gonna go through every iteration, uh, but in those 130 playtests, there's probably been 100 versions of the game. Some major changes, some small changes, and uh, as it's grown, uh, I will say, um, Andreas Odendahl, Oda, uh, is my developer, and before this relationship began, he was a big inspiration to me. And um, he, he uh, the way his designs, you you can never do everything you want to do. Sure, yeah, you know yeah. the the you're seeing it build as you're playing and 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 all that. The way his games make me feel is how I want my game to make me and other people feel. 
So uh, that said, um, on Twitter, I would post pictures of other games I'd play, and uh, board games are therapy for me. Um, I won't go into the the long story of it, but uh, due to things of my childhood, I've dealt with depression when I was younger, and, and board games have been the best medicine, just to sit there with my wife and I and get lost in the game, win or lose, I don't care. Sure, just it's all about the, the enjoyment of the experience as well exactly. as the trying to win, but if it doesn't work out, so Exactly, good. And, uh, and that said, um, so I, I would go on Twitter, and, and you know, this is a game I learned about from at Heavy Cardboard, and, and I want to give credit where credit's due, and, and the, the designers, the publishers, the artists, the reviewers, it, you know, you're all very special to me because you provide something to me. Uh, and so uh, in doing that, I connected with a lot of people. Um, ben Pinchback is one of them, a designer of Fleet, Morocco, many other great games. And he saw a, pi a picture I'd put up of Captains of the Golf Playtest. What's that? It's just this little thing I'm doing. He goes, I designed a game about fishing boats. You know, I, I want to try that out. Right. And we have Fleet. We love Fleet, um, which I got to make sure I wasn't reinventing the wheel. <laughs> right. A couple Just weeks to make sure design. it wasn't yes. that game, right? And, uh, and, and we love Fleet, but it's, it is quite different from Captain's. And uh, so Ben got the copy. He played it. He put a picture up on uh, Twitter afterwards and, and raved about it. He loved it. And uh, that was really special. I saw that. This guy I look up to, this designer. I love his games. And I went to bed just on cloud nine. I wake up the next morning, thankful I was already taking a vacation day because I would not have been able to go to work and function that day. And my Twitter followers had doubled, and this little conversation had grown, and reviewers are asking, where could I miss this at Essen? This, this was around November this past year. Right. Where can I get a copy of this? And um, no, this is Jason's prototype, but you know, it, it's going to get signed. And I smiled and said, he's being nice. Sure. And sure. Uh, so I go to make a pot of coffee. Twitter notifications go off. I go look. Got a message from Uli Blenheim from Spielworks. Hey, do you have a copy of that I can try out? Called my wife immediately. She was at work and told her. And she said, what'd you tell him? I said, nothing. I called you. Said, you moron. <laughs> Hang up with me and tell him. So, so I responded, you know, yes, sir, I'll get a prototype made for you. Because I hand make all my prototypes, right. like most designers, you know, in, in my living room. And sent it to him and didn't expect anything, but was just honored that one of my favorite publishers would want to try it out. That's cool. And uh, two months later... I got a message, hey, we played the game. I'd like to offer you a contract if that's okay. And, uh, and Andreas Ondal is going to be the, the developer along with Uli. And it's, it's all been, like I said, just a dream come true. I designed this game. If I would have put it online as a free print and play, except it, it takes the entire table up. I don't know who wants to print a massive game like that. And I would have just put it out and just said, hey, if anybody wants to enjoy it, have at it. You know, I, I designed it for us. That anything else happens with the game, that's it is gravy. That's on exactly top, right. Yeah. Very cool. So, uh, timeline on this. Do you have one? Tentatively, um, we're looking at S in 2018. Okay. Um, obviously, as uh, as things progress and they progress pretty fast in the development, uh, with Oda and I work really well together. Uh, it's been amazing. Um, I liken us to uh, sculptors, and uh, he's a journeyman. I'm an apprentice. And uh, we go back and forth, and we, we uh, as we discuss things, uh, so that has made development move smoothly and quickly. Uh, because as Oda said, you know, the, the game is there. We want to see if we can put 5% of, of polish on it. And that's what he and I have done. Um, the prototype that you originally got was what Uli got. Right. What you played this weekend is that 5% of polish on it. Gotcha. And, um, and I'm really happy with where it is. And I say that humbly, but uh, with where it is now, 
So um, the plan tentatively is to have everything done as far as polish and ready for Harold Leesky, who is one of my favorite artists in the board game world, he's amazing, uh, to take over and design the punch bar boards and all the art. Sure, right, for, all, the, uh, starting, all the back end stuff. Right, right. On, uh, that, and starting in January 2018. Cool. Now as schedules move, you know, we never know. Everything's written in right. sand, understood. Right. All right. Well, cool, man. Yeah, I uh, I played it. Jim, Punch of Cardboard played it. A whole bunch of people have been playing it throughout the weekend. And all the feedback I've been hearing, man, has been really positive. I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, Jim was like, wow, this is better than game X or Y. He leaned over and was telling me that. So that was uh, that was cool. And I'm I'm... I was excited to check it out for the simple fact that I've seen this evolution of the game and that's not a side of the hobby that I normally see because obviously I have zero interest in designing games and so I I can see a lot of late versions of prototypes but I don't see the evolution like how it started and where and how it got from point A to point you know 3.q.5 right so no it, it's been cool to follow along uh, i'm glad you got a chance to come out to uh heavy con glad i got a chance to finally meet y'all as well as uh play the game so i'm really looking forward to it so cool anything else or i should ask actually i mean just because you got this you know signed sealed and soon to be delivered in the next year and a half or so what's next uh the next i've got a bunch of games in the pipeline you work on and get them to a, a point so so you go from yeah i have no interest in gaming to where all of us or no interest in designing to all of a sudden i've got 10 games in the pipeline <laughs> right now and uh, all of them are being designed for us to enjoy again that is my motivation and uh and i feel that there's so little stress with that design mindset and and there's a certain sincerity in the design because i'm just making what we want to enjoy and I think most designers do that, and then you can see it in the games. And uh, so that said, uh, we've got a bunch of little ones and I'll work on for a little bit as I take a break to let my brain rest from working heavy in, in Captains of the Golf, and then maybe I'll, I'll start on another one as, as inspiration hits or I'll pick another one up and polish it. My next uh, big game is uh, called uh, La Guerra. It means the war in Spanish. Uh, the full name is La Guerra, Fight for the Spanish Republic. It's based on the Spanish Civil War. It's a two-player. Uh, will be eventually be asymmetrical. I'm designing it uh, not asymmetrical originally. And uh, once I get all the base mechanics ironed out and the basic math, then I'll start introducing some uh, asymmetry in there. Play about an hour. Um, there's a rondelle. I love rondelles. Um, I believe Shapiroid has five rondelles. Captains of the Golf has six. That wasn't on purpose. I didn't realize that until after the game was signed and right. someone else mentioned it. So apparently I just am a, a rondelle lover. All right. And uh, so it does have a unique rondelle of cards where you're taking a card from rondelle. Could be good, could be bad. Has cubes on it that you're using to pay for actions. Deploying troops. Uh, has combat in it similar to colonialism. And a uh, bit long to describe here, but uh, it's been in design for about a week. <laughs> and uh, we've, we've got a playtestable version right now with uh, 40 unique cards. And uh, so I'm hoping it. Andreas Odendahl, again, Oda, he, uh, he gave me back five pages of feedback uh, a few months ago. And he goes, look, there's a lot. Uh, on Captain on Captain Captain Golf. Okay. Because right. uh, we'll go back and forth. He'll, he'll take a week. He'll work on things. He'll say, hey, check this out. Right. I'll work on it for 
a week or two and give it to him and we'll go back and forth. And uh, he said, you know, there's some things in here uh, I want you to look at. Um, some of it, it's, it's a long list. Uh, you're not going to have a prototype tomorrow. Hold that. If anybody will, it's you. And uh, so, uh, like I said, we play a lot of games and I can't help the way my brain works. Uh, when I say that this game just took over my soul and I had to get it out, that's how it is when I'm working on anything. So when I start, the game is growing very quickly. And uh, But again, I, uh, I like to get it to the table and have it fail, have it break, see what we can fix and go. So hopefully maybe I'll have something uh, for La Guerra in, in a week or two that we can... That's, that's you know. crazy. So it sounds like that there was this untapped thing inside you. You pulled the plug with captains and now you can't shut the, it off. The floodgates are open and I have no control. Awesome. All right, man. Well, I'm excited to see what's coming next. I'm excited to see the artwork and, and how things progress with captains as well as uh, what else you come up with. So cool, man. We'll travel home safe. Thank and, you. And uh, hopefully we see you again before next HeavyCon. That we want to try to plan a trip up here. We, we the, the, the thing about HeavyCon, the games were great. The people were amazing. Yep. That, that, that's my goal with running a convention. The games are secondary. It's all exactly. about the people. So. Cool, man. Well, thanks a lot. And uh, yeah, I'll be uh, definitely keeping an eye on you and see how things go, man. Thank you Congrats. very much. Congrats. Thanks again. All right. Hey, y'all. It's Edward. Here it is, uh, the Monday after HeavyCon. And we're over at Tony Fryer's house, old co-host of mine, and happy to be joined by Jeroen Dauman of Splatter Spelling, friend of ours and attendee of HeavyCon. So, Jeroen, yep. thanks for taking a few minutes. Yep, ha ha happy to be here, happy to have been at uh, HeavyCon. It always feels a bit weird to have HeavyCon at the Memorial Day weekend and not have it at Memorial Day. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, with <laughs> it, uh, Memorial Day being today, being yeah, exactly. on Monday, yeah, no doubt. So, uh, how was it for you? I mean, I realize it's kind of a loaded question because you're not going to be like, man, it was terrible. You know, to me, I understand that. But how was it? How of course, you, no, how I, was your time? I, no, I always enjoy it. I mean, I don't get to play too much 1880x games at home. Uh, my friends indulge me once <laughs> every while. but <laughs> Cool. So I, play, I played a lot of those, played a lot of Rinsome. So enjoyed it again more than last year. Oh, awesome. What made, what made it more so this year? <laughs> well, you can, I'll give you one guess. Uh, the space? No. Or No, or, no Ubers. Oh yeah! Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, and you, anyone who's listened to the show going back to last year, understand what happened with Yoris and Uber and um, the unfortunate situation there. Uh, but yeah, so good. I'm glad to hear you had a good time. You're flying out later on today, right? Yeah, flying out uh, at six p.m. Okay, cool. All right, so I figure the the two big questions that everyone's going to want me to ask, so I feel obligated to ask about them. So, Antiquity is supposed to be reprinted this year. What's, what's going on with that? Um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're currently looking at what, what exactly we, we want to change. And especially given what happened with the wooden piece in Indonesia last year, we're triple checking everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? So that's, that's, so, so that's also why there's no pre order up yet, because we're still getting prices from suppliers, getting. Preview preview pieces in, making sure everything works, etc. So essentially, what we're looking at changing is it's probably going to be in a a four size box, like like food chain, but a higher one because otherwise not all the stuff fits in. Sure, no doubt because there's a ton of components yeah, in exactly. antiquity. 
and we might be doing uh, plastic discs or the tiddlywinks for pollution markers instead of cardboard so that stacks a little bit more easily and a little a few little graphics updates ju just just to pull that like the, the fish and the shells a bit of more apart graphically so you can see what's what better etc but at its core it's going to stay the same correct? it's got it's going to stay exactly the same it's a, it's only some component upgrades but <laughs> okay give given what happened with indonesia we're a bit more careful on ma making sure everything works live and learn right i mean exactly because, i mean because before food chain magnet you guys were still pretty niche i mean very much so and now that food was, chain has blown up there's more eyes on you and with yep, what happened no, on indonesia def definitely yeah i say we're still pretty niche but oh no doubt but it's a lot more recognizable so. yeah right? no definitely and what was it you were telling me about uh when people came to your booth uh Oh yeah, last that was, year at Essen. That, that was great last year at Essen because we had people. Oh, you, you're that new company, right? Oh wow, you've got two new games this year. <laughs> With those two new games, obviously being Indonesia and Great Zimbabwe. Exactly. So, how have the sales been on both of those? Oh, quite, quite good. So, Zimbabwe sold out, sold out already, but we made a little bit less of those than Indonesia. I think we have still a few Indonesian stock, but not terribly much all right so is that all she wrote as far as great zimbabwe for the foreseeable future uh i think so for now Un unless we've got we get huge demand and I, I think essentially it's very easy for us uh we, uh we will do a reprint if we if we see enough demand out there and we have enough time to make it happen because i mean obviously it it takes work sure no doubt and speaking of time you got obviously antiquity, and you guys are still looking at Essen time frame if everything plays out right. Um, definitely. Uh, I hope to have it earlier, so somewhere September-ish. But I have I have no clue yet. I'm we're mainly looking at prices now, not yet exactly supply time frames. Okay. All right. Cool. And also taking up some of your time when Yoris isn't traveling around for his day job, or I'm not, or, or you're not for that matter. Um, Everyone's going to ask, so you know I need to. 2018, <laughs> the mystery game. I know you, you, I'm not sure if it was you or yours that it was, was, it was me this it was time. You, the teasing out the pictures of yes. things. So give us anything that you got. Um, well, I, 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 I'm not giving out too much yet because mainly there isn't too much giving out. We're, we're still working out mechanisms, just. Play, playing around, seeing if if we can get something nice that's going to be fun yet that we can create a game with. Okay, I mean, there, there's no game yet. Okay, so it's just like when we had talked uh, a couple of times previous, you would mention that the way you guys design is you'll you'll try this, try this, figure out what doesn't work, what does, and then build a game around that. So you're still often, at that often, stage? Yeah, we're still at that stage. So often, exactly as you say, what we start with is trying out so, some mechanisms. So if we move stuff around like this, does that does that flow nicely? Does it take up way too much time to move everything around? Like happened on early Zimbabwe things. Uh, I mean, we would have needed to clone me and ship me in every box to make that part work. <laughs> All right. But, so, but yeah, we're still at that stage. Okay, so there's no theme yet. There's no definitive 
uh, mechanics yet, and there's no overarching picture that you guys have yet for it? Um, not really. Well, we have a theme in the back of our mind, but that's so liable to change that I'm not going to share that yet. That's fair. Understandable. Um, all right. So I guess the next time that you and I will touch base, I guess, is at Essen, right? So even if... Pro probably Essen, uh, unless it's earlier. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Um, let me ask you this. If something were to come about, uh, God forbid, that Antiquity's not ready for Essen, will you guys still have a booth there? Yeah, yeah. We will have the booth. I okay. mean, the, the booth is already paid for and everything, so... Cool. All right. Well, hopefully, uh, maybe I can bother you guys at Essen and maybe be able Definitely. to get some uh, get some more information, find out how things went with antiquity, as well as uh, maybe you guys are at a point to where you can let a little bit out of the bag as far as what's coming next year. Yeah, I I hope at Essen we'll have a playable prototype, but I'm not I'm not sure that it will be far enough yet. Okay. But cool. I sincerely hope so. I mean, we should have something. <laughs> All right. Good. Well. I'm happy or excited to hear about that, as I'm sure everyone listening at home will be as well. So, cool. I know you guys are uh, busting out 1831 upstairs, and I'm just kind of hanging out with you all. So, let's go ahead and head back and get to it. So, thanks yep, for taking do. the time. I appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. Hey, everybody. This is Adrian with the Mile High Game Guys Board Gaming Podcast, and I'm here with a little bit of a heavy con recap for you all going to talk about some of the games I played, people I met, and fun times I had. So sit back and enjoy. So this was my first heavy con, uh, despite it being the third heavy con, and I have lived in Denver for five years and been board gaming out here. Uh, unfortunately, I uh, somehow managed to not be aware of heavy con until it was too late to go last year. So I rectified that this year, and it will be uh, definitely on my calendar from here on out because, wow, HeavyCon is amazing. Uh, sorry to everybody who couldn't make it for rubbing that salt in the moon, but yeah, it was a whole bunch of fun. Um, my HeavyCon started on Wednesday evening. I helped organize a little HeavyCon meet and greet slash board game event at a local brewery there near the hotel, uh, Peak to Peak Tap House. And so we had, I don't know, 40, 50 people show up there. A couple games got played. I played Indonesia. Uh, people had some drinks, had a good time, got to kind of unwind from their travel and flights in and get ready to turn around for a four-day weekend of heavy board gaming. Uh, unfortunately, I had to miss the next day, Thursday, because I had work and life but i was there bright and early friday to kick things off um i played my three games i think on friday uh one of the ones that was new to me i got to try reef encounter which was interesting the only other two games i got to play on friday was a uh three era colonists where we simulated the first era so we played two three and four uh that was the first time i'd played into the third and fourth eras i really enjoyed it i liked the simulating i thought that made some interesting decisions trying to build your starting colony and i was talking to travis from low player count afterwards and he suggested even simulating all three of the first eras and just playing the fourth era for a particularly heavy uh interesting game that plays much quicker so i want to try that out sometime and then finally to round out that day i taught food chain magnate to uh three different people in a five-player game it was a Really awesome game. Uh, I love Food Chain Magnate. It's easily one of my favorite games right now. Um, one of the people I got to teach it to was Alex from Eagle Griffin Games, which was pretty cool. I uh, got to play actually a whole bunch of games with him over the weekend, um, which was the other kind of highlight of Friday was actually getting to meet all the people there. 
you know, like I mentioned, I got to talk to Travis from Low Player Count. Uh, got to meet him for the first time there. Got to meet Brandon from Brawling Brothers, Alex from Eagle Griffin. Uh, saw Amby from Board Game Blitz. Didn't get to meet her until later in the weekend. Um, same with Jim from Punching Cardboard and a bunch of those. Got to meet Yeroon from Splatter. Uh, so Friday, that was that was kind of it. Playing a couple games and getting to meet a whole bunch of people. Um, moving on to Saturday. Saturday was the day I got to play probably my most fun game of the convention. And not necessarily the one I enjoyed the most, but absolutely the most fun. Uh, I got to play Terraforming Mars with Brandon from Rolling Brothers, uh, Brian, Lyndon, and Dave from uh, the board game group. And man, Terraforming Mars is just, it's so much fun. And that was a great group to play it with. We were constantly laughing and choking and just carrying on. Had an absolute blast. Um, Surprisingly, I ended up pulling out a victory on that one. I didn't expect to uh, until right towards the end and kind of came around on it. Um, Games-wise, I also got to play Vinios Deluxe. Uh, Edward taught a whole bunch of us. And uh, then I got to demo a game from, an upcoming game from Eagle Griffin uh, that I don't know if I can talk about, so I won't. Um, But the highlight kind of Saturday for overall enjoyment was we did a big group dinner out at a Korean barbecue that was just absolutely fantastic. Bunch of really cool people, really good food, uh, just kind of hanging out and spending some time together, which is which is awesome to spend time with some like-minded individuals. And then coming around on to Sunday, uh, the last day of the con, started off the day with a little tournament of Exit. The Abandoned Cabin, I believe, was the exact scenario we played. Uh, Carmen from Game Surplus brought three copies along and 12 of us split up into three teams and competed to see who could win. And ultimately, my team ended up winning. Uh, it was me, Amanda, uh, Scott, and Kat, which were, we were a solid team. We solved a whole bunch of puzzles. We finished in under an hour and we had a score of six or seven. I didn't actually get to hear the final score, but uh, then we got to go around and kind of torment the other teams a little bit while they were still finishing up. The rest of the day, I played... Uh, a really brutal game of tramways. Uh, it was just the map ended up being really tight and the way everybody kind of built out was was rough. Um, this final score, it was a three-player game and the final scores were all three within three points. It was like 56, 57, and 58 or something like that. Uh, but man, I like tramways. I can't wait for my copy. And then the rest of the day, I played a couple other games with uh, some locals and stuff until my final game of the con was Kanban, which I had purchased the previous weekend at Geekway from Brandon over at What Did You Play This Week? Uh, and, you know, continuing to love Vital Lacerda's games, I really enjoyed Kanban. I felt that in some ways it was heavier than even Vinos. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I liked the time track moving things along. That was awesome. Uh, looking forward to more plays of that. But... So that's kind of like the rough overview of things. Um, Probably not quite as interesting as I wanted this to be. That was kind of just a rote recitation. Uh, I'm not used to doing solo recordings. But overall, the con was absolutely amazing. It was was fantastic getting to meet everybody. Um, I ended up winning Gloomhaven, which I tried to trade away for other stuff but couldn't. But not too disappointing because Gloomhaven's an amazing game. Uh, Really big, huge, heavy box too. I'm glad uh, nobody had to deal with trying to check that as luggage. So... Um, yeah, it was, it was great getting to meet a whole bunch of other podcasters and a whole bunch of other heavy gamers and try a bunch of heavy games. I got to like actually see 18 XX on a table. I didn't try any, wasn't brave enough, uh, this time around, but I got to look at them and kind of see what was going on there. And just a whole lot of, of big, heavy games and a whole lot of 
fun, awesome people. It was it was really something special. And I'm already looking forward to next year uh, being able to go and do it all again. Um, I get to play a fair amount of heavy games in my day-to-day. Um, so it's not like I know some people, HeavyCon can be kind of their, their one time to get to play heavy games. And I'm fortunate where that's not the case for me. But still, just getting to be around so many awesome people in that kind of environment was was great so thank you edward and amanda for putting that on thank you for including me in it and allowing me to come join you guys it was a huge blast and yeah i really enjoyed it so uh, until next time like i said i've been adrian from mile high game guys and i'll catch y'all later bye Hi, this is Ambie from Board Game Blitz, and my husband Toby and I had a really fun time at HeavyCon this year. We got to play a lot of games. We played 22 different games, and most of them were just pickup games, which is really cool being able to find people to play pickup games of heavy games and 18xx games. So three of the games we played were 18xx games. We also played a bunch of winsome games, and we played a bunch of Euros. There were also a lot of cool prototypes there, and it was really fun being able to try them out and get taught by the designers. But it wasn't just heavy games. Someone also ran an exit the game tournament, which was really fun because we got to try the exit the game, which is one of those escape room board games. And we had a lot of fun with that. And there were also people playing wizard, I think every day, which is a trick taking card game. But it was really cool just being able to play games with people who enjoy similar games to you all day. We had a lot of fun at HeavyCon, meeting new people and playing games with them, and we're really looking forward to next year. Hello, Heavy Cardboard listeners. This is Jim from the Punching Cardboard Podcast. Um, This is probably take 17 of my review, my recap of HeavyCon 2017. Edward and Amanda are uh, asking some of us to uh, chime in with what we thought or what we did or, or how it went or do we care or things like that. And the answer is yes to everything. Um, and this is hard because I'm talking by myself. I don't know what to say. So uh, I planned a couple things and it just kept failing. So after about three hours of trying to get this little five to ten minute blurb in, I'm going with heavy con. 2017 was unbelievably awesome and if you've listened at all to our podcast you know how i feel about those two words so let me backtrack a little bit let's go to the unbelievable it well actually it's believable because you know putting on a good convention that's not that hard it takes a ton of work but people can do it it's been done before it'll be done again um and edward and amanda put in a ton of work so i believe that this convention was really really good based on that is it awesome i'm going to stick with that word i don't like that word i don't use that word but i'm going to use it for this because it is kind of awe-inspiring watching edward and amanda put this all together seeing it organically come together when the people are there and they are just commingling they are getting uh into games with each other strangers becoming friends in in a matter of i would say seconds if not you know minutes maybe maybe minutes maybe an hour it might take an hour but it seems like everybody who sits down to a game together becomes friends this is my second heavy con um this year i decided to go for the deluxe package i came in a day early why not you're taking your life in your hands when you go into dia 
Uh, and you might need that day. I mean, really, when you land, it's it's about a nine-mile walk to this train that takes you another five miles to where the luggage is, probably about four or five miles away from the exit of that train. The beauty of that is by the time you get there, your luggage is there. And then your ride is there. And my ride this year was Mark Von Minden, who is lives in Colorado. He's not in Denver area, but he's, he's a little out there. He's a satellite. He's one of the smaller satellites uh, rotating the heavy cardboard planet there. But great guy came in, picked me up. We hit some pubs. We drank some beer. We ate some food. We talked some music. We argued some music. We argued what's better. Um, he was wrong. I was right. Um, he's nicer than I am, so I can say that. Uh, and then we, uh, all congregated, uh, back at the hotel later in the evening on this Wednesday before it all kicked off the next day and drank, uh, tea. Tea is what we drank, uh, for a good four or five hours. We just drank tea, 21 year old tea, 15 year old tea. Uh, some of it had peed in it. Some of it didn't, but, but we weren't getting drunk. We weren't, uh, we really weren't, um, but we were enjoying ourselves. Uh, and that is the great thing about this convention is it just feels like a gathering of friends. And I don't know any of these people. I, I know them from meeting them at this convention, playing games with them the previous year, and then just getting back together. And it just feels like we've known each other for a lot longer than we've all known each other. And that goes for Cordero and Wilcutt and Scotty and, uh, who, uh, you know, Jason Dinger was there and a bunch of people, uh, other people. If I don't mention your names, I apologize. I will do better when I have more time when I discuss it with Eric on my podcast. As for the gaming, um, you can't beat it. The, the, the library isn't huge, but it's full of games you want to play. And the games that you want to play that are in that library, they take time so there's plenty of games on those shelves because somebody a group pulls one off and they're going to be stuck with that game for three to five hours there's all the train games there's the 18xx games there's special versions of age of steam with 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 uh you know almost the size of a, a twister mat uh on two tables to to get these big tiles out there so that you can see when you're a noob going into that game and those guys who know what they're doing crush you it's very very visible um, as happened to me the previous year, but I enjoyed it because it was fun playing on that big map. I didn't get to do any train games this year, mostly my fault because uh, I was socializing too much every night. And as I am 93 years old, at least according to uh, Brandon from Brawling Brothers, I couldn't get up on the final day to get into my session of 1822. But you know, I won't trade off uh, the fun I had con conversing with people. Um, and uh, I kind of uh, was a little subversive here. It's my fault if people are complaining about Stratomatic Baseball. I know it's not a heavy game, but I brought that up. I brought that over. I brought that in. And we all threw down, well, we all, several of us, a, gr a good number, dozen maybe, of us threw down for some baseball games, some dice and charts, old-fashioned, old-timey baseball and uh and that was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun trash talking your teams uh i gotta do it i mean my cubs finally win a world series i gotta bring it so it was nice that that was okay to do that at this convention as well we're we're, we're all about the heavy games but every once in a while it's kind of fun to just throw down something light and the fact that this convention allows for it is a is a cool thing 
And finally, um, there were several prototypes or games that are unpublished at the moment, and most of them seem to be finished. I was lucky enough to bring mine back. I brought it last year, called to post. And in fact, it got its name there last year. Um, I had a different name, and uh, it was requested, and then it got requested multiple times, so I was kind of happy with that. There's my shameless promotion there, Edward. Um, I'm learning, I'm learning, but it was nice that this convention also allowed us the opportunity to do those things as well. For me, for my money, this is the best convention. I would, uh, I would trade this for BGG Con or anything else any day. This is the, this is my can't miss convention. Um, basically because it's the most comfortable, the people are serious gamers, but they're not overly serious it's it's not a situation where you feel like even if you're against some even if you're in a game with somebody who knows how to play the game and you're new at the game you it doesn't matter whether you're winning you just you're having a great experience and most people are more than happy to teach you not only the game but help you along with your strategy so that you can compete in the game i don't know unbelievably awesome well let's go with believably awesome and uh, we'll leave it at that anyway i'm done i'll uh be on my podcast or maybe down the road I'll be on this one again who knows but I'll see you probably at HeavyCon 2018 bye why hello heavy cardboard fans and listeners my name is Travis and I'm from low player count we're a podcast about one and two player board games and Edward and Amanda wanted me to do a brief recap over HeavyCon for me. Now, um, despite popular belief, I actually play games with more than one or two people on a fairly consistent basis. However, I actually went into HeavyCon with, an, with a uh, specific agenda this time. And I wanted to sit down and play the quirky games. I wanted to play the war games, and I wanted to play stuff that was just a little off the radar. I wanted to play some train games as well. So that was it. I didn't want to sit down, and I tend to go to cons and end up being wrapped up playing the new hotness every single time, or brand new fancy swanky Euro games, or whatever it is. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to focus on war games, train games, and some of the odd duck stuff. Now, the problem with that is that a lot of these are actually two-player games, but once again, it's in a format that I'm actually able to sit down and play longer amounts with, right? And so um, I just actually, Edward and Amanda didn't actually tell me what to talk about, except for it being HeavyCon. So I just wanted to give a highlight, a highlight every single day of one of the games that I played. So um, the the first game on that first day, the, my highlight was sitting down with Skippin'. He picked me up from the airport, and we played Union versus Central, which is the 1999 Winsome game. It is a two-player logistical train game. As If you listen to the John Bohr interview from Heavy Cardboard, John said it is a true train game. And so I like to kind of stick that to people and say, I'm playing real train games. You guys are playing all this stock share mess. Uh, but seriously, though, uh, Union versus Central is fabulous. It is a two-player logistical train game, and Skippin and I, we've played this before. And he upgraded his dice now from the um, negative five uh, millimeter uh, micro dice to actual 12 millimeter dice, so you could actually use them for the first time ever. And we had a blast. We played the short scenario, which was laying eight track. 
You can play the 12, 16, or 24 scenario, but we're not stupid. And it took us uh, three and a half hours. And so it's considerably quicker than we did last time. So that one was absolutely fabulous. Uh, the next game on Friday, oh man, Friday and Saturday were great game days, but I told myself I'm only going to pick one from each. Um, the one on Friday, um, I think the, one of the best ones that I played, I, I want to talk about John Company, but you're going to hear that a lot, so I'm going to talk about Northern Pacific instead. Uh, Northern Pacific is a winsome game by Tom Russell. And man, it's such a weird game. It could last two minutes, it could last 20, and it's more, we were able to con Edward to sit down and play, because, you know, it's Edward, and so he's running around at this convention, right? So we were able to actually con Edward to sit down and play with us, and it was fabulous. It's more metagaming than it is anything else. Um, and we played, I played uh, apparently three games in Northern Pacific on Friday. Oh man, it was just such a blast being able to sit down and play um, a, a quote unquote new Winsome. It's not new, but it's one that I actually hadn't played before. Um, Saturday. Saturday, once again, was a fantastic day of gaming. But one of my favorites was Supply Lines of the American Revolution. And my buddy Marcus, who's actually local to here in Dallas, uh, we we both went to HeavyCon together, um, and we've been wanting to get supply lines. This is a two-player game from Hollenspiel, and it's a logistics game set in a war background in the American Revolution. And man, it is cool. It's two-player only. It has a really unique battle mechanics, but it's all about logistics and all about moving things up and down the supply lines that you are creating, but maintaining those supply lines through battles and reinforcements. So it was pretty cool. Um, it was my first full outplay of supply lines finally two-player not soloing it playing the entire game and we went almost the entire way there are 12 12 turns um i believe there are 12 turns and we went um we went to the 11th one um made it almost the entire way and it took about three hours but oh man what a cool game i'm actually really excited to play supply lines again um last but not least on, on, and once again, we played Fuji Flesh, which everybody kind of balked at. We played Fuji Flesh um, four, four or five times that evening. A um, bunch of suckers. It's amazing. But Sunday, we I played one game, and that was Falling Sky from GMT, and that was with Skippin, Marcus, and Buddy Mark, who's local to Colorado as well. And man, the four of us just, we've, we're all fans of the coin system. We all love war games. Um, we don't all love Roman stuff, um, but we found out that that didn't matter, and we just had a blast. We set apart all morning to play on Sunday and we just we did we knocked it all out and it was absolutely great um so I think Falling Sky is my second favorite coin game now uh Cuba Libre is up first but Falling Sky is a, a very I want to say it's a close second but it's second um but obviously all, none of this could have happened without Everett Amanda they put um they switched locations this year and they put a ridiculous amount of hard work and effort into it so thanks to both of you for all that you do for um, for inviting me along, I guess. It's just way fun being able to sit down and see pickup games of all sorts of ridiculous stuff. Um, I have to plan out my games. Uh, otherwise, the games I don't want to play won't get played. Uh, but this time, I didn't plan out quite as many, and I got to play all of the Winsomes and all of the Hollenspiel games in the world, which is almost entirely what I wanted to do. And so I set out to play a certain type of game and I succeeded. And 
Um, something like that wouldn't have happened really at most other places aside from a place like HeavyCon. So, Everett, Amanda, you guys are fantastic. See you next time. It was really cool of everybody to record a segment that was willing to. So thank you to everybody that did. We mm-hmm. really appreciate it. And hopefully you get kind of a firsthand account of what HeavyCon was like from somebody that isn't Heavy Cardboard. That isn't us. Right? <laughs> so yeah, again, uh, Pies and Pints Thursday at Origins. Mm-hmm. will be there 7 p.m. We will be back on Thursday with our review of Lisboa. So hopefully yep. y'all tune in then. Yeah. Download, listen, all that kind of jazz. Yeah. All right, so before we completely sign off. Okay, what? I have a couple things. Oh, that I oh say. okay. All right, what, what what you got? Okay. So I just wanted to kind of put into perspective how crazy all of this is, at least to me. Okay. All of HeavyCon. Okay, okay. all, right, all right, go for it. So I was absolutely exhausted on Sunday. I mean, I was just basically just kind of wandering around the game room. And at one point, Jeroen Dalman came up to me, asked me if I was okay, He could see I wasn't and just gave me a huge bear hug and then walked off. And that is still completely bizarre to me that four years ago I was playing Antiquity just because it's an awesome game. And now the designer can tell I need a hug and is coming up to give me one. (laughs) And it's also very humbling to have our convention in the same hotel and even the same room where we ever that is held the furry first board game convention that we ever went to. The, oh, the, good point. That was Genghis Con, yeah. which is a local con that has been run into the dirt by a local convention. But anyway. But um, it, we had our, our convention was held in the exact same room as the very first convention that you and I went to when we first started in this hobby. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't even think of yeah. that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, huh? very humbling. And speaking of humbleness and things. that I, That's a word. Go with it. Humbleness, duh. Yeah. And I'm just, I am floored and amazed at what you've turned this into. Not just heavy con, but heavy cardboard in general. Oh, it's not a me thing. It's a, it's a we thing. It, okay, it's me, Tony, originally, mm-hmm. and now it's you and me. And not only that, but we have the herd. Seriously, yes. we have all the listeners, all the viewers. All the patrons. Yeah, w- without them, this isn't. This isn't doing anything. Why would we even bother? Why would you hit publish right. if we didn't care and people weren't listening? So, no, it's not a me thing. But I want people to know that behind the scenes that not everybody gets to see how much you bust your ass on this. Well, and, I appreciate that. And it shows. And I am so, so, so incredibly proud of you. And I wanted everyone to know that. Thank you. That means a lot. You're welcome. All right, so I guess we're going to end it on a sappy note then. Duh. (laughs) I am a girl. Yep, fair enough. All right, (laughs) we'll catch you all Thursday. Thanks for listening, and thanks, babe. You're welcome. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.